Whoop, whoop, whoop. So many exciting things to tell you. I'm going to keep it short and simple. Number one, my book is now free, a digital version of my book, Building Simple Habits to a Healthy Me. You can just sign up and get it for free. Number two, come and say hello on Instagram. I'm having fun on Instagram doing exciting reels. Number three, I have four amazing packages for my Positively Healthy program called Magical May exciting exciting if you want to find out more book a call and let's chat and lastly remember radiate and renew four simple habits simple but mighty habits is starting may the 15th so come and sign up for that I had a miracle cure that would guarantee you and your family living to a ripe old age whilst feeling vigorous, fit and fabulous. Would you be interested? Well, I do. It's called Healthy Living. Hello and welcome to Fit and Fabulous with me, Dr. Orlina Kerrick. Healthy Living for Families Made Easy. Hello and welcome to Fit and Fabulous with me, Dr. Orlina Kerrick. I hope that you are feeling amazing. My children went back to school yesterday. Super, super exciting. A new era, slight chaos, as you can imagine. Today, we are talking all about sleep. I love talking about sleep. It's one of my favourite subjects. And so I'm super excited to be talking to Martin from Performance Through Health, who's going to talk to us about sleep apnea and other things such as... um, how mobile phones impact our sleep and why sleep is so amazingly important for us, whether we want to lead a healthy life and or lose weight. Now, I have another podcast, which I did with Zarin, Dr. Zarin Morgan, which goes through the basics of sleep hygiene and all the things that you can do to improve your sleep. So if you haven't listened to that, that's sort of the basics. Go and listen to that. And Martin's conversation is interesting. You can listen to it by itself. You don't need to have listened to Zarin's, but it's slightly sort of going into further detail in certain things. Now, before we dive in and talk about sleep, I am super excited about the Healthy You Healthy Family Group program. If you haven't been paying attention, um, my group program is doing amazingly well. I have decided that I'm going to offer scholarships to 10 people. And in the last week, we've had two amazing people sign up. I will tell you a bit more about them over the next few weeks. But super excited to be working with these amazing women who have decided that they want to make changes in their life. So if you are interested, the Healthy You Healthy Family Group Program is a year of group coaching. And it's for people who are ready to make changes to the four pillars. So healthy eating, healthy exercise that lights you up, delicious, amazing sleep. And the fourth pillar is that emotional aspect, which obviously includes stress, but the mindset piece. So if you would like to make changes in those four pillars and you would like some support, then hop on a call and chat with me. Um, I have four places left for the scholarship. Essentially, at the end of September, I'm going to, if I haven't filled up those places, I'm going to stop looking for people. The scholarship is not free, but it's a reduced price. Um, And I'm looking for people who are in and want to make changes. So if you're interested, hop on a call. I'll leave a link to book a call with me. Right, let's dive in and talk about sleep with Martin. Martin, thank you so much for being on the Fit and Fabulous podcast. Thank you for having me on, Alina. 
So before we dive into sleep, which is one of my favourite subjects, do you want to start by just telling people a little bit about your background and what you do? Uh, yes, so I'm currently a uh, I'm an online coach and consultant now. I uh, have been working towards this for about the last three years. However, prior to that and prior to two months ago, I was actually working as a sleep and respiratory scientist in in, a, in, in private practice in Perth, Western Australia. Um, and I've been doing working in clinical field diagnostics and treatment for people with sleep issues, breathing issues, heart issues for for, for, for nearly ten years. Um, Trained over in the UK at Nottingham uh, University Hospitals, Queen's, Queen's Medical Centre. Um, and I was a part of the uh, National School of Healthcare Scientists, which they run what's called a scientist training program over there, which it started, I was the second cohort, so it would have started seven years ago. And it's to try and bridge, bridge the gap between nurses and technicians and doctors to try and take some of the weight off the doctor's shoulders to say, hey, is there someone with um, you know a, a bit more of an academic background that could potentially do things like bronchoscopies and some of the easier, um, I guess, diagnostic things that could take the weight of the doctor so they could focus on more patient perspectives? So I went through a three-year training program uh, doing that. Uh, prior to that, I'd done a bit of research in respiratory and then flew over to, to Perth in, in Australia and was there for five and a half years, nearly six years, and now living in Bali with my partner and, and consulting online people with sleep, stress, uh, health issues really have a concept called performance through health, which is just like, like yourself. It's, it's about putting health first and then it's sustainable longevity uh, through habits, tools, behaviors, practices. We're able to perform for longer. So like I said, on the conversation we had earlier, I saw a, a, uh, I guess an issue where people were getting things like sleep apnea or chronic disease between the ages of 40 to 50, but it's because they started to sacrifice their health in their thirties because people are either making decisions on going high in their careers and being so driven careers or having families on the other side. And then it's no longer, they, they don't put themselves first. They put business and family first health deteriorates. And then by the time they were hitting 50, it was like, okay, well, I can't even stay asleep at uh, my work anymore because I'm burnt out, I'm stressed and I'm falling asleep at the, uh, the, the desk. So the concept of performance through health is putting health first to, for, your, for your performance tomorrow. Fabulous, fabulous. So, so many questions, but we'll start with one. Um, so do you want to just give us a little overview of why sleep is important? Because it's important for so many things, isn't it? And we kind of know it is, but going into a little bit of details, because I know that so many people don't prioritise sleep, and perhaps that'll help people to really understand that sleep is super important. I mean, yes, sleep really is. We've got 16 hours, maybe even more for people who are very highly driven of very high brain activities, physical activity, um, emotional activity going on. And then if we don't get that recovery period, which has been evolved in biologically, there's pretty much every single animal in the animal kingdom needs this sleep. It's a necessity to life. Um, And sleep actually itself controls or has a recovery or rejuvenation for every single physiological component in our body from the nervous system to the cells, to the brain activity, to the eye function, to heart function, absolutely everything is covered. And I think it's so important that because if we 
put sleep last as a, a priority of health. Now, there's a lot of talk about nutrition and exercises are pillars of, of health. But if we put sleep last and we're not getting it, we don't get the recovery from exercise. And we're not able to uh, process the carbohydrates as, as, as well as we should do. The proteins themselves don't get into the mushrooms. So without sleep, we ain't not able to maximally uh, sustain our health through the other two means. So really, sleep is the actual foundation. It should be the, the bottom pillow that people put first because, number one, it's going to allow you to recover. And number two, it's going to give you that energy to actually get on with your life. And number three, it's there's a part of that sleep which we'll delve into some of the stages maybe a little bit later, but during REM sleep, we're actually having a form of therapy and it's like it's our time where our emotions are passed through our dreams that we can then continue to the next day to let go of those emotions, let go of those problems and the burdens of the day. And I really think that people need to have that point in their life where they say, hey, this is the end of the day today. I've done enough. I can let myself go and drift off into a state where I can just disappear for seven to eight hours, wake up in the morning and feel refreshed and ready to go again. Fabulous. And I, I've seen one of those funny memes, which is like, you know, oh, if you could get this benefit and that benefit and that benefit in a pill, would you take it? And of course, everybody mm -hmm. would take it. But the answer is, well, it's sleep. And everyone's like, oh, I just don't have time to do enough sleep. So yeah, I totally agree with you. It's just one of these things that from a mindset point of view, we just have to... Um, prioritize essentially and get into the habit of having good sleep so you mentioned that you work with people with sleep apnea do you want to talk a little bit about sleep apnea uh yeah i mean sleep apnea at the moment other than stress and insomnia those two linking together sleep apnea is probably one of the most common issues that we see in uh, in 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 the, in the sleep field and basically it's where the airways at nighttime relax too much and we have what's called sleep distort disordered breathing. So typically people will snore and then uh, usually partners will notice that they're stopping breathing during the sleep or look like they're choking during the sleep. And what this is, is the airway actually closing off and all of a sudden people are still trying to breathe, but they can't. And that might happen for 10, 20, sometimes I've seen two minutes long wow. until yeah, until someone actually is there and woke up and they, they jump. And the reason why they jump is because oxygen levels start to drop down so low because there's no air going in. All of a sudden, the body has this giant stress response of adrenaline surge throughout the body to make, take you make a big gasp. Now, this can happen repetitively. And it might be normal to happen a few times a night. That might just, just for a bit of uh, sake of just too much relaxation in a certain parts of sleep. However, when this becomes 10 times an hour, 15 times an hour, 30 times an hour, I've seen 120 times an hour or wow. more, then the amount of lack of oxygen to the brain that we're getting, lack of oxygen to the rest of the body that is going, we actually get excessive daytime sleepiness. You get that constant feeling of you know, depression, anxiety, because they're all associated with this sort of issue. People gain weight. They're not able to have fun and enjoy themselves all because of this burden that happens at nighttime. Now, the typical picture of what someone might look like with sleep apnea has always been the male, what I say over here in Australia, was, was a truck driver, someone with a large neck who doesn't really move, big beer belly, um, and as soon as they start to fall asleep, you, just, you hear them snoring straight away. 
But that's pretty much become a bit of a myth now, to be honest with you. I was seeing more and more people in, in clinic that were females, non-obese males, who are just living highly stressed lifestyles that actually then lead to them getting snoring, sleep apnea, and that becoming a real burden to their life and then having to go on to treatment modalities, which are not particularly nice for individuals. Um, you know, if it's a more severe case, they might have to go into a CPAP therapy, which is a positive pressure, a bit of a mask in the nose or over the mouth, which basically keeps the airways open and allows them to breathe freely at nighttime. Um, so it's a big lifestyle change if people end up getting sleep apnea. So that's really interesting. I didn't realize that stress could cause sleep apnea. Is that what you're saying? So I've put it together and uh, a hypothesis and there's a little, a little bit more of literature coming out that I, I think stress is leading to changes in how our body relates to um, carbon dioxide and how carbon dioxide then leads to different changes in ventilation. And I think it could, what's happening is we're hyperventilating more during the day, which is then at nighttime, we're, we're leading to hyperventilation, breathing less. And what that's doing to the the uh, the airway itself is because we're, we're breathing, I guess you'd say at a lower pressure, it's more likely to collapse. So I think what's happening itself is more, it's a um, an environmental factor, which is then leading to, uh, changes in physiology, but also hormonal changes as well. Um, and I'm not going to dive too much into the science of it, but there are certain hormones that are related to eating, one particularly called leptin, which is also to do with driving ventilation at night as well. And just, wow. yeah. So just like we get um, with diabetes, we get um, uh, resistance to insulin. I think there's a resistance or a, uh, a lack of sensitivity to leptin, which is then leading to breathing issues at night time. Oh, that's very interesting. And so how do you help people prevent getting to or rather, let me rephrase that, how can people prevent themselves from getting sleep apnea? It's so multifactorial. So they're in, in the medical field, they really, they haven't been able to get past obesity as the main cause. But like I just said to you that with, with stress, I think there's things there as, as well. I think there's to do with a lot of um, structure, structure issues. People are born with um, uh, like posture, poor posture. So people are leaning more forward than their phone jaws forward. That's bringing this forward. The tongue is then sitting in the wrong place in their mouth. So I think people standing up, right and actually being able to not so forward changes in their muscles in their mouth so it's basically number one right posture number two reducing stress and i get people to do that through breathing techniques and there's some literature su suggests that actually mimicking what sleep apnea is like during the day so using breath holds to try and induce some intermittent hypoxia but then after um, you do that, then bringing your breathing back to a normal slow rate uh, as soon as you can uses neuroplasticity to train your, your airways to actually um, to, to do that at nighttime as well. But key things are is managing weight is definitely going to be one. Number two, posture. And number three, managing stress. And I think lack of sleep itself is anything less than six hours for, when you're pushing five hours four hours you're not able to swing back into that state of relaxation so you're in that chronic stress state 
So I actually say a lack of sleep is exactly the same as having chronic stress. Yeah. And they feed into each other, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. So so that brings us on nicely to talking about stress, because typically what I see with people is they can go to sleep reasonably well and they might set up, you know, good sleep hygiene. I'm not going to ask you about sleep hygiene because I have another podcast, but so I want to talk about the more complicated things. Um, But so they go to bed, good time, and then they wake up in the nighttime, which I always explain to them is normal. But then it's like their brain is whirring and they just can't get back to sleep. Tell us about that. So like we, you know, we've discussed before, you've got that logical side of your brain, uh, which is the, the, the rational trying to think inside a brain, which is due to you really, it's a stressful kind of situation to be in. We can't really be creative and intuitive in that and you know, feel really, really about to actually feel how you feel because you're all here. So uh, I think the, the best way to, to try and get back into that situation is really number one, accepting that, okay, if it only happens a few times, it's not going to be a massive problem. I think when people start to get worried that it's going to be an issue and they're not going to be able to get through the following day, then it becomes this additional stress on top. And then they lay there thinking, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to get through my meetings. I'm not going to be able to get the kids to school on time. Really, you're going to be okay. Look, if you went to university, you probably did an all night to doing your exams and you were fine in your exam the next day. Like having one or two bad nights is okay. It's when it's continuous. And then that's when actually... Um, issues become like insomnia and what they can do is they can use our our own physiology to try and change that so breathing nasally in through the nose three seconds in six seconds out making sure you're breathing deep so that your diaphragm and your rib cage actually expands and slowing the breath to a rate of maybe six breaths per minute is going to ease your body it's going to lower that cortisol it's going to lower the adrenaline and it's going to allow you to get back into a state of calm and relaxation and you hopefully then drift back on off, off to sleep there's also protocols that they can do which um uh as a more scientific term i call non-sleep deep rest but it's based off uh yoga nidra and it essentially is just listening to on 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 youtube or onto a cassette or just put on a speaker on your phone and it's a way to a, a progressive relaxation for your muscles where you take your focus and your consciousness through like all your little fingers and you feel your body and then when you feel your body you're able to just okay they just breathe and just relax and let go of that and often people will then drift off back to sleep just using their protocols and that's usually within five or ten minutes so is that just like what they call a body scan on all the meditation yeah yeah really yeah yeah it's 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 a body scan um some of them implement like a talk down some of them implement the the breathing strategies that i've just talked to you but really it's it's the 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 fastest way to get our body back into that parasympathetic state get us out of that mind and back into our body so that we can actually just go okay I feel like I'm rested again. And if you save your own to get, if you do have a poor night's sleep and then you start to feel a bit groggy the next day or wake up feeling tired, using one of those and doing 10 or 15, 20 minutes it is probably just as beneficial as getting maybe near a sleep cycle. So if you do get the time to be able to implement one of those in when people are feeling tired, then that's what I would usually use in my strategies when I help people with stress and anxiety is saying, Whenever you've got 10 minutes to lower your stress, you're going to do one of these protocols. 
and they do them and instantly I see variables like heart rate variability improve and you know their perceived stress levels come down and it's a really a catalyst to change because it's just taking a break but it's taking a purposeful break perfect and yeah another thing I say to people as well is you know meditation is great for that moment you know when you're doing that relaxation technique but you also can do meditation during the day like prophylactic meditation which will help you sleep at night time and it kind of feels like it won't because it's such a distant time between them but actually Mm. just spending 10 minutes to allow your brain to disconnect and process all that what I call whirring that is going on means that it has less to process when you're at night time and it's it's just part of training your brain to essentially turn off (laughs) yeah so I've I've worked with a couple of doctors before who have like you know as, as you'll know, they, they, they have really crazy days, and especially surgeons. And sometimes they feel so so overstressed or worried about the next day that they can't sleep. And one of the things I actually get them to do is, okay, well, when you're putting your gloves on, you're doing all your work. That's pretty much unconscious what you're doing there. So because you've done it so many times, what about if you then stack that habit and do a conscious form of slow breathing? whilst you're doing it and slow yourself down? Or when you're going to put some gel on your hands to wash your hands, practice some breathing there using these small little uh, times to be mindful over to over a 16 hour day well for some of them might even be 12 hour days working uh it's going to be so much more beneficial because it's snapping you out of that state but it's also teaching you to be able to do that consciously as well perfect i love that i'm all about uh incorporating movement into your day and so finding little ways that you can do that so for example i do some squats when I'm brushing my teeth just you know again that habit stacking which is amazing um but I hadn't thought about just adding in those breathing exercises which is really good um I like people to add in smiling exercises so you know when you see yourself in the mirror wave at yourself and smile but yeah mm. another great tip so thank you so much for that okay so yes. yeah go on I was going to say like you know when you're in the toilet when you go to the toilet on your own like rather than go on your phone just sit there close your eyes and just breathe slow slow yourself down any opportunity where you can uh, you, you're doing it regularly and you can just okay change that moment of uh distracting yourself with something like a phone or, or a, a coffee or whatever really just... big um topic of conversation that you see a big connection between mobile phones and sleep problems in that I kind of feel that in society now, we've totally lost that ability just to sit and do nothing. You know, before we had mobile phones, we would be, I don't know, waiting for our kids outside Mm. school or at the bus stop and just stand there with essentially no agenda. Whereas now that doesn't happen because when we've got 30 seconds and we think, oh my goodness, I haven't got something to do, out comes our phone and we're mindlessly scrolling whatever social media platform we're on. So do you think there is a big connection there? Massively. I, I do a webinar called Seven Simple Habits to Manage Your Energy. Um, and it's basically small little changes that anyone can do at any time. And one of them is just leaving the mobile phone out of the bedroom or giving yourself a curfew to, to go away. Because the mobile phone is connected to a time zone anywhere that your contacts have. In fact, it's connected you to a sleeping schedule of someone else who's in your, in your phone. So you're not even on your own sleep schedule. If someone's going to call you at 10.30 and you're going to pick up the phone, that's not your choice. That's their choice, right? So actually putting that outside the room allows you to be in your own time. But also if you're leaving a device that can be called, it can have a notification at any point and you're having it on your bedside table or in your room, are you really saying to yourself, it's the end of the day and now is to drift off and disappear into you know, a deep form of sleep? And I think if they did research on this, and I was, I was, 
in the swimming pool the other day and I was thinking, actually, this would be a really good research pro- uh, um, protocol to do is take people in into a room and you know, do a sleep study on them and look at the depth of sleep they get into. So the stages of stage one, two, and three, our deep sleep is the stage three sleep that is really good for our brain and body. Allow them to be on their phone for the first night and then the following night, take the phone out and measure that deep sleep. And I, I, I 100% think that there'll be a greater amount of deep sleep when you don't have your mobile phone in the room because consciously and unconsciously, you're saying, hey, I don't have anything to worry about now. Yeah, totally. And I think even during the day as well, but just going back to that, those few minutes of mindfulness that you're talking about with your surgeon, we don't do that because we're distracting ourselves Mm -hmm. with our phones. And so I think there's just so many benefits of having boundaries around our mobile phone. There is like when when you're, you're you're amped up on that dopamine, which is that driving uh, you know chemical that makes us go forward. Even even the way the phone is designed or the screen is designed, when you stare at one point for a long time, it increases things like adrenaline. It increases our uh, you know our alertness level. So for staring at your phone for a long period, it's actually a stressor. People don't realize this, but it's because, you know, people think stress is like, oh, I feel angry or I feel like I'm tense. But even just staring at your, your screen for a long time, it hurts your eyes. It makes your back sore. It, it, that's all stress. That's all yeah. the nervous system saying, hey, relax, go away and take a break. Fabulous. But we don't. We just go back and go outside and text and internet and Facebook. And uh, yeah, and, and I'm not saying I'm perfect. You know, I, I'm I'm exactly the same. Like, But I, I know that when... Um, moving from Australia to Bali, I didn't have a SIM card for the last month. So I didn't have any internet when I was away from Wi-Fi. My screen time has gone down by 60%. And I think it's con- massively impacted my my level of, of stress because I'm not concerned about my phone. I'm not concerned about everyone else in the world. I'm not concerned about uh, kids contacting you or a partner contacting you because they're not able to. Yes. And before we all had mobile phones, somehow we all managed to survive and even meet up with people. Can you imagine Hmm. meeting up with someone without a mobile phone? It's just unheard of these days. I think people were just more present. And when you're in that present state, it's just that mindfulness state. It's the relaxation state. It's that social connectivity, which is going to release things like oxytocin. It's going to make you feel good. And that's what makes us feel relaxed when we've got a dog in our hands or we've got a partner in our arms. It's the same when you're just present with an individual or with nature, and we don't have that anymore. Fabulous. What is your last message for us? My last message? My last message, I guess, would be um, to just make it a, a, a routine. If, if For me, People who are struggling with sleep, if they have an evening routine, that's the similar habits just stacked on top of each other. It goes back to that not having to think about sleep. Insomnia is an issue or stress is an issue where people are thinking too much. They worry about sleep and they actually think about sleep, whereas we shouldn't be, uh, it shouldn't be an issue. We should just drift off. But if you stack the same habit each time and have the same evening routine, eventually you will notice that will just disappear. So that's what I would say as a final message. I love it. Habit systems and routines. Hooray. And where can people find you? Um, so my website is www.performancethroughhealth.com. Uh, so you can visit all my services and about me on there. And then they can follow me on social media, uh, web, uh, Facebook and Instagram. I'm more active on Instagram, Performance Through Health. Perfect. Fabulous. And I'll make sure I leave those links in the show notes. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today. No worries. Thank you for inviting me on. It's been a pleasure. 
So thank you, Martin, so much for coming in chatting to us. So you can find Martin at performancethroughhealth.com. And remember, if you're interested in the scholarship for the group program, then either email me at orlina at drorlina.com. So that's O-R-L-E-N-A at drdrorlina.com. Or I will leave a link to book a call and you can come and chat and find out about it. I look forward to seeing you next week. Goodbye.